Good morning. I lost my place here. Let me get it. How's everybody doing? Good? It is. It is a great place to be. <laughs> I, uh, it's been a little while since I've gotten to talk to you guys. Um, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy sharing what, what God is speaking to me and what I think God wants to say to you, but it never gets any easier. It's, st it's still pretty uh, nerve-wracking <laughs> talking to you, but that's okay. You guys are nice, right? You're going to engage today, not fall asleep? Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, and honestly, I was telling Pastor Sean that as I was preparing this message and just thinking about and praying about what God would want me to say to you and share with you today, I said to the Lord and I said to Pastor Sean, I said, all I've got, all I can do this time is, is just share what the Lord has done in my life. Honestly, over the past several months, I feel like God has done so much in my heart and in my life. I feel like a different person <laughs> almost from the last time I stood up here and talked to you. And um, all I can do is, is just share with you uh, something that the Lord has uh, spoken to me in my life personally, something that he has dealt with me about and is still dealing with me about, still speaking to me about. And I want to share that with you. And so some of you may be able to relate directly today. Some, some of you, this message might uh, speak very clearly and very directly to you. Um, others, may, maybe just a portion, maybe, maybe uh, you will find yourself in a, a storm or a trial later on, and you'll be able to recall this story and some of the things that are said and, and find hope and encouragement. And um, although I pray that you don't find yourself in a storm, I do pray that when you do, you will be able to recall some of these things. And um, so I pray that you're encouraged today. Uh, but this message might not be for you, and that's okay. I pray that um, the Lord uses it and um, can encourage some people the way that he has me. So, I know we already prayed, but I want to pray for you now. I want us to, to bow our heads for one second and just ask the Lord to, to do a work in us. God, we just come to you this morning, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would begin to soften our hearts and would open our ears to hear your voice, your voice alone, would open our eyes to see you in a new way today. God, we just ask that this would be about you and for you and that you would do something in our hearts and our lives. Lord, use me. I'm yours. Um, just speak to me and through me and um, have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So I want to start by asking you to listen to a story. And it's a true story. This is an event that really happened to someone, uh, a series of events. But instead of telling it from that person's perspective, instead of just reading it to you, I want you, I want to ask you this morning to close your eyes with me. Not with me, I'm not going to close my eyes. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, and I want you to place yourself within the story. Now, it's only if you're able, if you're like holding a baby or something, or <laughs> if you're going to fall asleep, don't close your eyes. But I want you to just, uh, I want you to have some empathy this morning. Empathy just means that you're able to take on the feelings um, and the thoughts of someone else. So 
uh, I want you to, if you can, close your eyes and just kind of place yourself within the story. Imagine what you might be feeling. Imagine what you might be thinking. So you wake up and you are living your best life. You are happy. You wake up every morning and you're full of joy. You have everything that you need. Money, plenty of it. For all of your needs, all of your wants. You have a good reputation. You're well known and well respected within the community, at work, in your family. You have good food, all the food that you could need or want. Beautiful family, you have a, a spouse, beautiful children, many children actually. Things are going really well at work. In fact, you have not one, not two, but three successful businesses. Very successful. You are very wealthy because of this. And you don't even have to work, actually. You have people working for you. And you can just sit back and relax and enjoy it all. You have good friends. Things between you and your spouse are good. There's romance. Everyone is happy. There's peace at home. The kids are happy. You guys have dinner parties. Everyone is happy. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. Best of all, your relationship with God is good. You're at peace with him. You're a person of integrity. All is right in your world. Just imagine that. But then one day, there's a knock at the door. And it's not someone to hand you a bouquet of flowers. It's not your Uber Eats delivery. It's actually someone to give you some, some bad news. And not just any bad news, but the news that one of your businesses has been robbed. They took everything, all of the money, all of the, the assets, and not just that, Everyone who was working there that day was killed. No one survived except for this one employee who came to deliver this message. What? All of those people, how, how will the business recover? And just, just as you're getting the details and processing this information and grieving this loss, just as that's happening, there's another knock at the door. It's not someone to console or to help or to help you figure out what to do. It's some more bad news, news that your second business has just been demolished by a natural disaster along with everything and everyone in it. No, this, it can't be. How will you, how will you break the news to the families? Now your livelihood is really in danger. You need to sit down 
But just as you're sitting down and the employee is recalling this tragic event, another knock on the door and your heart sinks. A third employee comes in to tell you that your third and final business has been robbed and it's the same. Everything that was there is gone. Everything, every bit of money, every bit of merchandise. And everyone who was there was killed. How can this be? And it's obvious now that this is an attack from the enemy on you and your resources. It's obvious this wasn't just coincidence, but this is just too much. You have nothing left, literally nothing. How will you pay for this beautiful house that you're in? Your bills. How will you feed your family and all of those innocent people? Fear begins to set in while you begin to weep and mourn for all of those people who lost their lives. God, this is just too much. I can't, I can't take any more. Lord, I need your help. And then the unthinkable happens. See, losing money and wealth and possessions and financial security can be hard, it can be difficult, it can be very stressful on a family, but at the end of the day, those are just things that can be replaced. But your family and your health, those are things that can't be. And so a fourth and final knock on your door is to give the news that no parent wants to hear. It was to deliver the message that all of your children have been killed when a house collapsed on them. And what can you do at this point but fall to the ground in pain and anguish? What else? What else is there? What else is there to do? What is there to say? There is. There is no more hope. There's no more joy. There's no light at the end of this tunnel. And then, like pouring salt on an open wound, you become ill, painfully ill, and the doctor can't give you an answer. So there you sit in emotional and physical pain, the lowest of lows. And you're probably asking a lot of hard questions at this point. How, how can, can this be fixed? Where do I even start? What can I do? How did this even happen? Doesn't God love me? Doesn't he see me? I've served God. I'm a good person. He let this happen. You can open your eyes now. Maybe you can relate to the story directly. Maybe you can relate to a portion of it, or maybe your trial or the thing that you're facing today is different, but you can relate to some of those feelings and some of those emotions and some of those questions. I'm sure that those were some of the thoughts and the feelings that Job had 
Yes, this was Job's story, the story of Job. I'm sure that these are some of the feelings and the thoughts that he had in his storm because these are some of the thoughts and the questions that I had during my storm. As I was walking through it, I thought things like, God, where are you? Don't, don't you see me? Do you even know what's going on? Why aren't you fixing it? Why are you even letting me walk through this? Don't you love me? How many of you have ever been there? Some of you. Maybe some of you are there today. And the answers don't always come right away, do they? No. And that's the hardest part, I think. They didn't come right away for Job. The answers did not come right away for Job. God didn't fix it right away. And that's the hardest part for us, maybe as Americans, or maybe it's this generation, maybe it's our culture, I don't know. But we feel like we need the answers. We feel like we need to know the plan. We feel like we need to fix it. We need to somehow control it and make it right. You guys know what I'm talking about? Something's wrong. We want to fix it. Or we want to know how God's going to fix it. We can pray to God and say, okay, God, give me, give me the plan. Tell me what you're going to do. I know that you'll fix it in the end, but give me the step-by-step. What I've learned <laughs> the hard way is that God doesn't always do that. The answers don't always come right away. And that's what makes it the hardest. And so what, what do you do? What do you do in that kind of brokenness, in that kind of hopelessness, with that kind of heartache and pain and those questions, those questions that you don't have answers to? What do you do? And so as I read this part of, of the book of Job, and that's, that's really just the first couple of chapters, um, as I read that and as I reflected on my life at the time and where I was, I was really, I was really curious. I was really curious what Job did. And I really wanted to know what God's response was to Job. See, I could recall how the book ended. How many of you have ever heard the story, the whole story of Job or read it? And me too. I've heard it. You know, I've heard messages preached on it. I've read it. I knew I could remember how the book ended. And I'm going to spoil it for you. Sorry if you haven't read it. I'm going to spoil it. In the end, God fixes it all. God gives Job everything back, plus some, more children. It's, it's great. It's an awesome ending. But what I wanted to know was at that point how Job got through the storm. I wanted to know what God said to him to give him a little bit of hope. Because God is our loving, gracious Father. He is good. Amen? We know that. We know that he's good. And so I wanted to know, God, what? And Job was, Job was his servant. Job loved the Lord and followed him and served him. So God, what did you say to your servant Job to get him through that storm? How did you respond to him? What did you, what did you say? What can you say to me, God? <laughs> what can I glean from this? And there were a lot of people in the book of Job that said a lot of things. So the majority of Job, this, all these chapters in the middle, were all of Job's friends and lots of people saying lots of different things. 
a lot of it. Job's wife, even, just told him to curse God and die. That was her, that was her advice. It was that bad. It was that bad. She said, Job, the person who should have been encouraging him, probably, and trying to help him, she said, just give up. There's no hope. It's over. So lots of people said a lot of things. But I wanted to know what God said to Job. That's what I was interested in. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit because starting at, ver- at chapter 34 to about to the end, God says a lot to Job. God says a lot to him. And so I'm going to paraphrase. I'm going to sort of summarize. But I encourage you to go home today and read what God has to say to Job. And here's what I expected. Here's what I thought. I was a little bit surprised at God's response to Job, at what God told him. I was a little bit surprised because as a mother, when my child is hurt or in pain or gets their feelings hurt and is really, really hurt, my first instinct is to go in and pick them up and comfort and console and take the pain away and to make it better, right? That's anybody, just me? (laughs) Do you do that as parents? We love our kids. We want to make it better. We want to take the pain away. We don't want to see them suffer. And so I thought, surely, God, that's what, that's what you're going to do. You're going to give Job a big hug and, and tell him how much you love him, and it's going to be okay. Like, you're going to say something like that. But I was really surprised. That's not, that's not really what God did. But how many of you know that God's ways are perfect and his ways are higher, and he gives us exactly what we need? He knows so much better than we do. And so when I read what God said to Job, it blew me away. And it really, really changed my perspective on things. And so what God said to Job in his despair, in his suffering, in his questioning, in his doubt, in his fear, what God said to Job were things like very matter-of-fact, like God, in a sense, challenged Job. He said, Job, he said things like, where were you, Job, when, when I laid the foundation of the earth? Where were you? Wow. Job, who kept the sea inside of its boundaries? The sea. Who did that? Job, have you ever commanded the morning star to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Have you, Job, ever visited the storehouses of snow or seen the storehouses of hail? No, I reserved them for times of battle. And Job, who sends the rain to satisfy the parched ground and to make the grass spring up? And then he talks about all the animals. Job, who takes care of them? Who feeds them? Who do you think does this? And then he talks about this creature, Leviathan. He says, Job, can you catch him? And and Leviathan is just basically this mythical creature that's kind of like a dragon. It's enormous and strong, and no one would ever dare to catch it or try try and capture it or kill it. There's no point, God said. And he said, and if no one dares to to uh, disturb Leviathan, who can stand up to me, Job? Our 
Are you as strong as God? Can you thunder with a voice like his? This was God's response to Job. Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? When I created all of these things? Job, I'm in control of all of these things. I, I cause it all to work together. I see everything. In other words, God was asking Job, Job, have you forgotten who I am? God didn't, God didn't scoop him up and, and hold him and let him cry. He said, Job, look up. Look at who I am. Look at what I can do. Look at what I've done. God reminded Job of who he was. And then he was in control of everything, every detail. He holds the universe and causes it to operate. And if God is controlling every detail in the universe and in the earth, he can certainly control and handle whatever Job was facing. He can certainly handle and see whatever I'm facing. And he can see and handle whatever you're facing. If we're his children, he can't forget about us. He sees every single detail. And that's, that's what God was reminding Job of. Who he was. How big he is. And he was reminding Job of his power. Of what he can do. He was telling Job, there's nothing that you face, no enemy that you're standing up against that can match up to me. There is nothing I can't do. I don't care. And God was telling me that. God was speaking that directly to my heart as I was reading. And I pray that God is speaking that to some of you. There is no enemy that you're facing, that you're going to face. There is no mountain, no situation, no circumstance that is so big or so hopeless that God can't handle it that God can't do it, and that's what God wanted to get across to Job. He didn't need to worry. He didn't need to fear these things that were happening, the unknown, what tomorrow would hold. And that's really where our fear comes from, right? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how it will work out. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know if the sickness is going to take us out. We don't know if we're going to lose all this money or a job. And I think that's where the fear and the anxiety comes in. And we, we struggle with that so much in our society today. How many of you have ever had some fear and anxiety and lost some sleep over some things? Amen. Because we don't know. We can't see how to fix it. We don't know what's going to happen. And we can't control it. And that makes us really anxious. And that's where I was. God, I don't know what to do. I don't see how this is going to work out. And as I read this, and I read God's response to Job, God said, you don't need to worry. You don't need to lose sleep. Because look at who I am. And you are my child. And I've got this under control. I see every little thing, and I'm working on your behalf. Nothing can stand up against me.
God was trying to get across to Job. God was reminding me that we can trust him. We can trust who he is. We can trust his power. When we don't know, when we can't see, we can trust that he has got it under control, that he sees everything, that he is powerful, and that we can trust his promises. There's a song that we sing in church that's uh, one of our favorite songs, I think. It's called Waymaker. And in the bridge, it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop working. You never stop working. And it's so powerful because it implies, and it's real, right? Because it, it implies that we don't always see it. And we definitely don't always feel it. Can I get another amen? Because don't you, don't you be one of those holier-than-thou Christians say, oh, yeah, I'm always spiritual all the time. I can always feel God and, and hear him. At least for me, that's not always the case. Sometimes I can't see in front of me. He is sovereign, and that's what we have to remember. That's what God was trying to teach me. That's what God was trying to show Job. Even though it looked really bad, it was really bad. And even though he couldn't see past his pain and he didn't know how it was going to get better and how it was going to end, he could trust who God is. He could trust God's power. He could trust God's promises. Okay, some of the promises that God gives us throughout the Bible are that he will deliver us. He will rescue us. He will heal us. He will cause all things to work together for good. All things. And you know what? Here's another thing. It may not turn out the way that we think. I think I'm learning now that very rarely does it turn out the way that I think or the way that I hope that it would. But God's pro I have found that God's promises are true and that he will work all things together for good. It may not look the way that I, it may not be what I wanted, or what I thought I wanted, but he works it together for good, and we can trust those promises. And what does it mean to trust? For me, it, it, it meant that I could just rest. I could rest in that. I want to read something to you. I wasn't going to go here, but I sort of felt led to. Psalm 121. I'm just going to read it really quick. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He watches over you. He is your shade at your right hand. The sun won't harm you by day nor the moon by night. He will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. He doesn't sleep. I heard this. I have to say it. It's not mine. I stole this from somebody else. <laughs> she said, if God stays awake and watches everything, then I'm going to go to bed because there's no sense in both of us staying up <laughs> and losing sleep. Right? 
if God is staying awake, which the Bible says that he does, and we're his children, and he's watching over everything, and he's protecting us, and he's guarding us, and he's working all of these things out, even if we don't see it, he's working all of these things out because he promised that he would, then I don't need to stay up and lose sleep over it. I don't need to worry. I can rest in who he is. I can rest in what he has promised. I can rest in his sovereignty. I can give up the control. I don't have to wear myself out trying to figure it out. I don't have to make something happen. When I give it to God, when you give it to God, when you surrender to him, you ask him to lead you, you can trust, we can trust that he's got it under control and that he's going to cause all things to work together for good and that any enemy, any weapon that comes against us, he is going to defeat it. Period. We don't need to worry. We don't need to fear. And it's not because we're so great. It's not because we're so strong. We don't have to go into the battle to slay the enemy. He's taking care of it. And so at the end of the book of Job, again, God God brought Job out of the pit. He not only restored all of his fortunes, but he gave him even more than he had before. God gave Job seven more sons, three more daughters, and the Bible says that he lived to see four generations of his children and his grandchildren, and then he lived a long, full life. God is faithful. The story of Job is there to prove it. I'm standing here telling you God is faithful. He's been faithful to me, and I know that he'll be faithful to you too, and I know that he'll continue. You can trust him, and so when you find yourself in the storm, in that pit, when you don't see a way out, when you don't know how it's going to work out. God taught me through this story. You look up, you remind yourself of who he is, how big he is, how in control he is, how powerful he is. You remind yourself You give it to God. You trust him. You just trust him. And in that trust, you can rest in him. And in that rest, you can worship him for what you know he's going to do, for his faithfulness, for his promises that he's not going to break. We can trust him. That's the, the essence of what I wanted to share with you today. And God has, has revealed that to me, and he really used this story to do that. Um, and God continually reminds me that I can trust him. Again, it's not, at least for me, it's, it's not often a one time and then I'm cured of this, of this control issue. <laughs> 
God has to remind me quite frequently, just relax. You're not in control, I am. Just trust me. I've got it. I see everything. We think, and the enemy, I know, he just, he gets in our minds and he makes us think that God has forgotten about us or that God doesn't see us or that we messed up and so God just forgot about us. Like, forget you, you you're a sinner. He gives you the boot. Mm-mm. We're his children. He loves us. He sees us. Every detail. So I want to tell you that you can trust him today. And so when I did that, and I trusted God, and I gave him control, it wasn't easy. I didn't see, and neither did Job. Job didn't see a quick turnaround, quick fix. But I rested, and I trusted in God. And then I could see him working. And Job eventually saw God restore everything. He is faithful. He will do it. It might not look the way that you think it should look. But he is faithful and he is good. We say it all the time. God is good. Exactly. Believe it. Know it. Trust him. Choose to trust him today. Choose to rest in him. How many of you could use some more rest? How many of you are going to go home and take a nap after this? (laughs) Exactly. We could all use some more rest and a lot less control and anxiety and fear. We don't have to because of who our God is, who our Father is. We can rest in him. We can trust him. So I don't think we need to do an altar call unless Sean decides that we need to, but I would like to allow you a few seconds to just um, reflect and maybe talk to God and, and maybe lay some of that at his feet some of your fear and anxiety, whatever you might be facing today, if you're facing something. Just take a minute to remind yourself of who he is, how powerful he is, and what he has promised for his children. you're praying, I'm just going to read Psalm 121 again. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. 
The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. Lord, I pray that today you would open our eyes to see who you really are, to understand how big you really are. It's way bigger than we could ever even think or imagine. Help us to realize that you are in control of every little thing. You see every detail. You don't miss a thing. your promises for us are good. So whatever we're facing today or whatever we might face in the future, Lord, help us to give it to you, to surrender to you, to trust you, to trust who you are and what you can do. God, help us to give you the control. Lord, help us to sometimes accept that we don't have the answers, that we might not understand, that we might not see everything from beginning to end, but that it's okay because you do, and you are good, and we can trust you. Help us to do that, Lord. Teach us how to do that. And Lord, in that, I pray that we will rest. In that, I pray that we will worship you and that you will show yourself powerful, you will show yourself faithful, God, you will bring yourself glory through our lives and through every situation, every trial. Lord, that you would show yourself faithful. You would bring yourself glory. And Lord, I pray that there are people here today who are in a storm. Lord, that you would encourage them. You would pick them up. You would give them your peace and your joy and your hope they rest in you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Wow. Amber very eloquently just shared essence of faith, faith for you, for me, for every night, every morning. Would you do me a favor, just with a show of hands, if, if something that Amber shared with you today spoke to you on a personal level, if you believe that the Lord was speaking to you, encouraging you through Amber's message, just raise your hand, raise your hand, hold them up for a second, Amber, take a look. Would you stand with me? Oh, Heavenly Father. Lord. Lord, with that message, you have pierced my very soul. Father, to be still and to know that you are God. 
to lay my head down and close my eyes and say, this too shall pass. Father, should we all be able to trust you? And with this message, I pray that, Father, not one of us would have to experience the depths of what Job had to, to re-understand how to trust you. Father, may Amber's message last long and shine bright. Father, when the storms, the waves, and the wind shall blow, may we be reminded of how to trust you. And maybe the best example was that of Christ, who himself decided to take a rest. So, Father God, I pray that you, Heavenly Father, would bless every soul under the sound of my voice. Would you protect them this week as they go and as they come. Father, may you look on them with your own face. May they gaze into your presence and may they see your mercy and your grace. And Father God, when they lay their heads down at night, May your presence fall on them, and may they sleep with your peace. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church says, amen and amen. God is good, and all the time. Next week is fall festival. Invite someone. Get pumped for what God is going to be doing in somebody else's life. If you want to help us put it on, right here. We're going to spend about 10 minutes, and then I'll dismiss you for the rest of your Sunday. Amen and amen.